Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Reality is not what it used to be. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. For example, do you see them too? Daydreams. Because I'm not sleeping at night, but that's, that's an edge. As those who dream by day are cognizant of many things which escape those who dream only by night. Grandpa, are you okay? I am. I'm fine. I'm just... It's been quite a week. Okay, that's the fall of the House of Usher. You can stream the entire series now on Netflix. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. I assume this is a modernised version of the House of Usher, obviously. It's actually more than just a modernised version of the House of Usher. It is a kind of modernisation of a new of like numerous Edgar Allan Poe uh, properties into one overarching series. Right? Ah, right. Now, it comes from Mike Flanagan, who is um, a writer-director. He uh, is best known for making these annual October shows for Netflix, right, shall okay. we say. Um, he kind of broke out with um, The Haunting of Hill House, which, uh, although I haven't revisited it since it came out, was absolutely excellent when I watched it. And then there was The Haunting of Bly Manor, which was um, not as good. And then there was Midnight Mass, which was somewhat worse <laughs> and then there was The Midnight Club of which I might have been the only person to actually finish the series right okay. and it was cancelled after one go and he had a five season contract with Netflix and this brings to an end his tenure there and he is moving on to other things and um, he's going to make an adaptation of a Stephen King short story so I mean okay f- yeah. similar territory <laughs> shall we say yeah. right but like in the five seasons of his show shows on Netflix, he has kind of developed a real particular style. And what I want to hand him credit for is his shows look beautiful, right? They are stunningly put together. Every detail in terms of costuming and set design, music cues even, are all really, really well thought through. And particularly Midnight Mass comes in for a lot of criticism for kind of his failings of his style, which is these rambling, long uh, monologues with characters Mm. espousing, you know, quasi-philosophical things when really it's a show about vampires on an island. And you're like, get to the bloody vampires, right? Right? Um, Get to the bloodsucking, my God. But uh, when he gets it right, he can kind of really get it right. And perhaps it is time for me to revisit The Haunting of Hill and see if it holds up, right? But this time around we get instead The Fall of the House of Usher and it went through a bit of a, um, a troubled production shall we say right so originally we had Frank Lang- Langella Langella I'm not mm. sure how you say that in the lead role as uh, Roderick Usher uh, the kind of patriarch of the family that as per the title is falling apart and there was some allegations of onset impropriety so he was quickly removed from the okay. set and replaced by Bruce, Bruce Greenwood who's kind of one of these like character actors who you see all the time and as we heard in the clip there has these lovely gravelly tones mm. right and in the show um, we get a, you know the other thing about Mike Flanagan actually is that like 
he has like a repertory company, <laughs> right? Yeah, so like yeah. he casts the same people in every single thing. And that's sort of good and bad, right? Because each time he makes something new, he adds a couple of more people that obviously he likes working with, which means he has to find more places for them in the next one. And I I, I mean, the cast for yeah. this is, is massive. Like, I mean, it, you know, I could I could list off for a minute everyone who's in this. But perhaps the biggest, uh, the kind of the, the linking connective tissue between all the episodes is Carla Gugino as Gugino as Verna which is very deliberately an anagram of the raven shall we say right okay so the Usher family are like succession meets final destination right <laughs> so they are a group of backstabbing uh, ungrateful older kids to a you know billionaire dynasty who are looking at the inheritance and going I kind of want a piece of that and slowly one by one uh, meet their end in increasingly bizarre circumstances. At least that's what the show wants us to see, right? And ultimately, that is where the biggest problem for me comes. We know right from the beginning, right from the very first episode when we meet Roderick Usher at the triple funeral of three of his different children, that each of them is going to meet their end. And when you know who's going to meet their maker, they better make something really good of it. Yeah, right? yeah because the tension out Like, it, where's yeah. the tension in, in me knowing the this... You know, the featured child of this episode is going to come to their end when they not only are not in, like, I mean, some of them are more entertaining than others, right? In, you know, in as much as visceral death can be, right? Mm. But um, they are so clearly signposted each time that, like, for me, there was no kind of surprise value to it, right? Now, I don't want to come down on it too badly either. It is an entertaining, schlocky October horror B-movie show. Yeah. But I am generally a bit of a scaredy cat. (laughs) I've always been a scaredy cat since I was a child and I've been home alone the last few nights and I have slept absolutely sadly <laughs> through the night. So to me, that's not a great Ooh, sign. Oh, that's damning, James. Yeah, that right. is really damning. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's an Irish actor in this. Though, yeah, yeah, so um, that's Ruth Codd. She uh, was arguably the breakout star of The Midnight Club, which was um, which was Flanagan's kind of go at this series of, like kind of like a Goosebumps style, if that, that's yeah, more my vintage, yeah. right? Like a series of, uh, you know, horror books for teens. And he turned that into a show and one of the lead actresses, well, the breakout star definitely of that, she had uh, the best lines and she served them with panache was this young Irish actress named Ruth Codd. And she plays Juno, who is Roderick, new wife who he has taken on uh, I mean there's quite an age gap between them but he has taken on for reasons that become more clear throughout now it is a much smaller role in this than she had in mid, in the Midnight Club uh, given that it is a much larger larger, larger cast, uh, yeah. cast rather and she's not uh, one of the children so I'll be say but she does have a real sparkle like um, I hope I really hope this catapults her to, to better things because she's a very 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 gifted character actress and I would like to see more of her Okay, all right. And Mark Hamill is in this as well. <laughs> Mark yeah. Hamill, yeah, Mark Hamill. Randomly. So Mark Hamill doing, like Mark Hamill has made a huge career as a voice actor. Yeah. And like, you can see him really bringing that to the forefront here because he just, ha- like he understands how to chew the scenery. And as I said, the scenery here is gorgeous to look at. So mm. he he makes an absolute meal of it. And he's kind of, really doing the best with what he's got. Okay, fair enough. Uh, right, uh, yeah, you were saying Goosebumps is uh, your generation. Uh, next show is my generation, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Fraser is back. Uh, new episodes every Friday on Paramount+. Plus. Here's a clip. I'm assuming that this is revenge for not wanting your weight bench in the living room. Or any of my things. Only because happily I can provide you with some nicer things. To you, they're nicer, I like my things. Well, 
It's just that they're a bit... Um, Embarrassing. No, 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 they're not embarrassing. You don't want someone walking into your apartment seeing my stupid, garish things. You find them embarrassing. In fact, I'm not so sure you don't find me embarrassing. Oh, that is absolutely ludicrous. It's just that I believe that my Let's Austrian Art Nouveau iridescent glass vase might clash ever so slightly with your box of dirt. <laughs> that box of dirt is from Fenway 2013. The socks were in that dirt. I want to understand why that's important. <laughs> But to me, it just sounds like a laundry problem. David Ortiz made MVP of the World Series in that dirt. Big Poppy. Well, good for him. Big Sonny. Now, we were talking about this on, uh, actually, on last Friday. It's kind of, for, it, it, for, for my generation, it's almost like the friends of my generation. Yeah. You could watch a few of them back to back and get a certain amount yeah. of comfort from the old Frasers. <laughs> I've seen very mixed reviews. Yeah, well, so, uh, like, I was just too young when Frasier was on because, obviously, the whole thing about Frasier as a sitcom is it's a it's a comedy of manners, right? It's yeah. a comedy of manners yeah. about a snooty, uh, you know, psychiatrist who has these, like, effete interests uh, uh, rubbing, you know, rubbing up against his father who's this kind of, like, gruff everyman, right? And when you are, like, I mean, it was out in the 90s and when I was basically 10, <laughs> I wasn't quite able to, you know, enjoy yeah. the yeah. sophisticated sophisticated wordplay and like um, inter intertextual jokes that they yeah. have going on in it right now I have revisited it a few times as an adult and like it is very 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 funny it is this massive it was you know it ran for 11 seasons I think which is way too long for anything to run for mm. and, and obviously when you have when you run for like hundreds of episodes like that there is peaks and troughs of quality but certainly the first kind of like, I think four or five seasons are considered absolutely brilliant, at least until Daphne and uh, David. Miles, Lyle, Lyle, no, Miles sorry, started Miles having a romance. Yes, yes and yeah, then it kind of yeah. jumped the shark, yeah. ish, right? Mm. So this time around, instead, we uh, have moved things forward and obviously a lot of the original cast are not here. There's yeah. only one, right? Mm. Um, so you have Fraser Crane returning Kelsey Grammer. This time um, he is flying, you know, when we meet him, he's just flying into Boston where he meets his now grown up son, Freddie Crane, who's played by Jack Cutmore Scott. And um, he is fulfilling the, the role of the father, right? So he's dropped out of Harvard. He's a fireman. He's a bit, you know, he, he's he's not interested in the things Fraser is interested. Like he's we, blue collar. He's yeah. blue, that's what I'm looking yeah. for, right? He's blue collar and Fraser is like, you know, Savile Row, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically, um, as we heard in the clip there, he's fulfilling the role of Martin in from, from the original, although they give a tribute to the late actor by naming the bar that they frequent after him instead. Right, Niles and Daphne are nowhere to be seen, but their kind of role, or at least the Niles role, is played by another actor named and Andrews Keith who is David Crane their son who is a Harvard student in his own right and like uh, Niles knockoff shall we say okay. right and then you've got a few others perhaps the oddest one of all is Nicholas Lindhurst who is which everybody is commenting <laughs> right yeah. who like of you know of of What's, uh, Only Fools and Only horses, Fools, yeah. sorry, yes, of Only Fools. Uh, I think he has been in other things yeah. since then, in fairness. He was in Goodnight Sweetheart, uh, yeah. which I kind of vaguely remember, yeah. that, that weird show about a bad cheater's wife because he yeah. went into the past. Anyway, right? But he uh, he's an old colleague of Frasier who I think never showed up in all of those seasons of Cheers, nor of yeah. Frasier, <laughs> but his bosom buddy from all that time long ago. And it is a very old school sitcom, right? Mm. Like it's filmed in front of a live audience. It is, again, a comedy of manners with wordplay. And what it has going for it, at least, is Kelsey Grammer, right? Yeah. Kelsey Grammer 
is still excellent at doing this role because he just knows Fraser in and out and he He's can deliver for how many decades exactly yeah. and he can just deliver a line reading that just is really really funny and yeah. I did chuckle my way through this but it's also a quite dated sitcom because you know we don't really get an awful lot of these kind of multi-camera in front of a live audience mm. affairs anymore and certainly even like a laughter track like I think it is a live audience but even kind of that kind of laughter peppering the jokes we just don't kind of see as much in 2023 no. I suppose the big bang theory was the yeah. last show the only show I can think of recently relatively la- recently that certainly, it was certainly the last major one that I would yeah. think of right so it is kind of it comes with a bit of a whiff of like Reduced to clear salaries, right? <laughs> but, but who doesn't like you know when you when you when you come upon a gem in the supermarket that is kind of cut price, yeah. right? But I will say it's only like only two episodes have been released now on Paramount Plus. It's kind of funny how they're doing it. Um, so Paramount Plus, Paramount CBS, the the which was mm. I, I think the original broadcaster of and maker of Frasier. Um, owns Paramount Plus or whatever, you know, whatever succession yeah. deals are going on there. And uh, the way it's working in its release schedule is it's going to Paramount Plus first, but then next week it'll start airing on, on TV in the US over there. All right? right, okay. So, like, I don't see how that makes it a push to, like, you know, this is must-see for Fraser diehard, fa- diehard fans. Subscribe to Paramount Plus, please. I don't see that happening if you can kind of just... Yeah. A week. <laughs> but maybe outside the US that's outside that's, the US yeah. the only legal way obviously to get it is is to pay for yeah. uh, pay for your Paramount Plus subscription but it, when I was reflecting on this I was thinking about how like we've had the reboot of a number of 90s sitcoms that have gone nowhere right yeah. there was Murphy Brown which is a show that I, like I have no cultural memory of at all beyond some presidential candidate saying something bad, mm. about, something bad about Candace Bergen but like I don't remember that being on Irish TV really ever mm. uh, that was rebooted one season done there was Mad About You which was the Helen Hunt Paul Reiser show that yeah. ran for numerous seasons rebooted one season done and Frasier now is kind of a litmus test. It, like, arguably, it's the biggest one, at least in my cultural knowledge, to come yeah. back, right? Yeah. And I hear whiffs. I mean, there, there are rumours of a Seinfeld reunion, mm-hmm. right? The, I think this is a good litmus test for that to see how successful this will be. But bear in mind, CBS has the data. They know how many people have been streaming Frasier anyway. They wouldn't have brought this yeah. back for absolutely no reason at all. And... The first few episodes, like, they were fine. I mean, they were fun. They were, like, I had more fun watching this than I had with The the Fall of the House of Usher, put it that way. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I suppose also, now, I don't know, when Cheers came to an end, it was kind of far more unusual for a character to be taken from from that. And he wasn't even the main (laughs) character and, and given their own series and for it to become... Arguably, even more successful than Cheers, which was uh, yeah, quite but he wasn't. Thing. He wasn't the only one. The Ray Ray Pullman, well, no Ray, whatever. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah Pearlman. Yeah, <laughs> she, Pearlman. Sorry, she got her that character got a spin off as well, and it went nowhere. Right. Ah, so right. Fraser was the one that went somewhere, but like, will this? <laughs> I mean, it's it's I guess it's twenty years since yeah. since Fraser end is it? Oh my god! Right, so oh, yeah, like it is. So yeah. that's a long gap, yeah. and we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the trick seems to be have uh, your writers' room predominantly gay. That makes it funny because <laughs> there is, like I read things that like even though there's no gay character in Fraser, 
It's a gay show. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, the next show we're talking about is The Money List. That's on Sundays at 8pm on RT1. Or you can catch it on the RT player. Here's a clip. We'll bid 11. 11. 11. Did you roll your eyes there? You're 11. <laughs> no, no, you're happy. I want to, to go 15. You said it. <laughs> but we're going I'm with 11. 11. We're 11. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Give me a second. Hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> they bid 11. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we go 12. 12. You go 12, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very confident. We are. Well, wow, okay. <laughs> I just said that. I'm turning you off. <laughs> so, Angela and Stevie bid 12. Do we know 12? I, don't, I wouldn't know 12. Who's reading your lips, me or him? Uh, him. him. I wouldn't yeah. know, no. I wouldn't know 12. I'd be guessing you'd be winging it. I'd be winging it for yeah, 12. Trees. I, I yeah, I know about trees. 10 or 9. Yeah, yeah. Let, let them yeah. have a batch of 12. 12 yeah. be hard. Yeah, name them. Let name them name them. them. Yeah. Hi. 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 They would very much like you to name your list. Amazing. No problem. Brilliant. Good. Baz. Good, good, good. Okay, it's time to play the first list tonight. Right, okay. Is it a quiz show? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It is a quiz show. Yeah. It's, uh, like, so here's what I liked about it. I immediately got annoyed at it. As, like, <laughs> as in, I had this big, visceral, passionate reaction to this show. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing you ha- you would want in any viewer of a quiz show. And it is an immediately, like you can immediately ingratiate yourself into the gameplay because it's very, very simple and straightforward. Essentially, they pair up two strangers. They put them through this rigmarole. That's what we heard in the clip of putting them in a soundproof a soundproof booth where they then sort of have to bid on answers for very broad questions and eventually one team will chicken out and and dare the other one to go the distance. My issue with it is not that gameplay which is in and of itself a little strange. I think the dynamic would be better between two people who know each other (laughs) rather than two strangers. And also, I don't know why they put the rowing in a soundproof booth because like (laughs) I kind of want to hear. (laughs) But um, the questions are so, so, so broad, right? And like I was sitting over here going, I need to pay for a wedding and I'm watching this going, these idiots, like how are they not doing, like I could do this, right? Like for example, one of the questions was, Bid to guess how many of the top 100 girls' names in Ireland last year you could name, right? Okay. Now, 100 is a massive number. Yes. Like, yeah. That's literally every girl's name I can think of off yeah. the top of my head because that's such a huge number. Whereas if you kind of bid, like, you know, the top, even the top 50 would be better. Even mm. the top 10. Top 10. Yeah. The top 10, right? There would be more, like, dynamic, like, it would just be more jeopardy and more, more, more interest, really, mm. for me. And then, like, uh, you know, it's a bit kind of like uh, pointless me- meets, you know, a normal quiz show, right? Mm. Instead of trying to get zero, you're trying to guess as many as you possibly can, but you're trying to find the most obvious answers. And then, you know, Baz, uh, Baz Ashmawi is the presenter of this, right? He has he does a very good job at being this very pleasant, easygoing, likable guy mm. who we know for all these years, yeah. right? And he is very warm and easy with all the participants, but <laughs> he kind of gets sidelined going... Yeah, uh, Sarah, that's a good answer. Yeah, it's on the list. Uh, Laura, yeah, that's on the list. Um, you know, Holly, yeah, that's on the list too. Right, so like he's just kind of going, yep, confirming, confirming, yeah. confirming, confirming. Now, what is it, what's it good for when you're sitting at home, you get to play as well, right? Yeah. Like because there's, if there's a question as broad as that, you can try and guess. And there is a fun in being like, and I also, sorry, appreciate that there is a huge difference between watching at home versus being in front of the cameras, in front of the audience, in the studio, etc., etc. 
But like to me, it just was so wide open and I was so annoyed. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry, I was so annoyed because one of the questions was uh, like, how, name as many movies as you can that Tom Cru- or Tom Hanks has been in. And their very, very first answer is Toy Story 1. And no, excuse me, the movie is not called Toy Story 1. It's called, it's called Toy, Toy Story. Story. And they're not strict with them enough. And if I was the rival team, I'd be like suing. I'd be suing Montrose. But as I said, for me to have such a like imp- inflamed reaction to the yeah. show was promising because it meant that I was really hooked on everything that was happening. Okay, right, riots in the streets. Uh, if you watch the money <laughs> list on a Sunday night. Right, the three shows are The Fall of the House of Usher, the whole series available on Netflix. Fraser, new episodes every Friday on Paramount Plus and The Money List that's on Sundays at 8pm on RT1 and you can catch up on the RT player. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm with Anna Glaze on News Talk.